I'm conscious that uh, this morning we come to uh, a short passage in Luke chapter 10, at the end of Luke chapter 10, which is probably very familiar to uh, the vast majority of us here, the story of Mary and Martha. And uh, I came to it this this week thinking, now what, what new, what fresh can I bring to this? And, uh, well, we'll see in the next few minutes as to whether, whether I do or, or, or I don't. I find it, in some senses, a, a challenging passage, these few verses from Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. And, and I guess, in some respects, we've always found that Martha is the one who has the bad press and Mary is the one who has the good press. You know... Martha's the one who gets the thumbs down, and Mary's the one who gets the thumbs up. That uh, one is viewed negatively, the other is viewed positively. I'm not sure that's what this passage is all about. I think there's a lot more that's going on in this passage than simply this activity versus spirituality, or doing versus praying there that so often we focus on here in this 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 passage but let's read it as Jesus and his disciples were on their way let's remind ourselves they're on he's on the move towards Jerusalem he's on the move towards the cross he's on the move towards his destiny they're they're walking towards Jerusalem He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of dynamics that are happening in those few short passages. I remember one occasion, a long time ago now, because... uh, Yeah, it goes back to uh, a particular time when we were at Spurgeon's College and um, Carol went through a miscarriage and uh, she was in bed for a number of weeks, actually, but then ultimately lost the the child. And in in that period, a lot of people sort of brought help and it was fantastic, but I must admit I got sick to tired of shepherd's pie. <laughs> I'm not quite sure whether Spurgeon students could, could cook anything other than shepherd's pie. But that was the reality. I was very grateful for that. And all the, off- the offers that we had to do the ironing and the washing, because yes, we got Alison, who was very young at the time. I was studying and, 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 and what have you. But I'll always be grateful for two people in particular who came in 
one day, and they said, no, we're not bringing a shepherd's pie. That wasn't what they said, but we're not bringing a gift, but they're just, we're coming just to say, how are you? How are you? David, let's go for a coffee. Let's go for a coffee. And in a sense, they stick in my mind just as much as all those offers of uh, shepherd's pie. <laughs> I think the reality is, is that we need both, don't we? We need both. We, we need to be fed. We need our physical needs to be met. But also, we need to have the time spiritually to reflect. It's interesting, isn't it? that as we view what has happened in London this week, as we review what has happened in Manchester a few weeks ago, people were rushing forward. They wanted to do something, you know, so they brought food and they brought clothes, they brought furniture, they brought anything and everything, if you like, down into, into Kensington. But also then you've got those pictures of the prayer wall. Have you seen them? The prayer wall, the need to reflect, the need to pray. And there's almost that sort of tension in us all, isn't there? That actually, yes, we want to be, we need, feel that we need to do something, but also we need to, to, to reflect. And it seems to be, you know, within this passage, there's that conflict. Mary and Martha, two, you could say, contrasting characters. But one thing that has struck me, who is it that opens our house? Is Martha. It says here, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Opened her home to Jesus. Now, you know, you can, you can read over that and you can think, but what a, what a blessing that is, an open door, an open home. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed through my life by, by many open homes. Open homes where the door has always been open that I could step through and I could go in, I could make myself at home. I've been blessed by the gift of hospitality by so many people. Here's Martha very practically opening her home to Jesus and his disciples. Don't know who who else was in, but I would assume probably his disciples were there with him. And... uh, But the importance of welcome. The importance of welcome. Martha had got the first thing right. Hospitality within that culture was so important. An open door was so important to welcome people into their home. Hospitality is something that we're called to do, isn't it? Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, practice hospitality. Do it. Practice it. How many of our homes are open? How many of our homes are open? I think Carol and I sometimes sort of reflect and sort of say that probably our home is not as open now as it once was. You know, there. And that's been the reality perhaps of life and circumstances. We had Hospitality Sunday a couple of times last year. And from what I remember, it went well. 
But I wonder if it's continued into our psyche of opening our homes to one another, of sharing our our meal tables with one another. See, Mary here had an open home. Yes, it can lead to distractions, it can lead to um, frustrations, it can even lead to resentments. How many of us have been there and we've had people in our home and uh, whether it's, it can be both ways, whether it's the husband or whether it's the wife or, or whoever is, uh, is there, can't you come and help me? <laughs> you know, as one of you there is stuck in the kitchen with the washing up or getting the meal, can't you come and help me? That sense of frustration, that sense of distraction whilst the other person is sitting in the other room enjoying the company of the people who are visiting. It's something natural, isn't it, there? But you see, we've got an open door, the open door of hospitality. But we've also got another open door here, and that's the open heart of Mary. Because what Mary is doing is, it says here, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what Jesus said. So Jesus has stepped through that open door. He's received of Mary, Martha's hospitality. He sat down and Mary has come to sit at his feet with an open heart, listening. Listening to what Jesus has to say. Attentive, available, submissive, there. She's in that place of student and tutor. She's put herself at the feet of her rabbi. That's what she's done. Because that's where a student would come in those days and in that culture. They would recognise a rabbi and they would come and they would sit at their feet. And they would just simply soak up. Soak up everything that this rabbi had to share with them and teach them. They'd be like sponges just soaking up the teaching. What is it that, uh, that Paul speaks? I think it's about Acts chapter 22. He speaks about Gamaliel as the one to whom he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was his rabbi, the one who, who taught him in the way of faith there. And so you've got you know, this open door, you've got this open heart, But then you've got this conflict. Martha is distracted uh, because she's a bit envious, maybe, of Mary. Maybe she's a bit frustrated because there's too many pots and pans on the cooker for just one person to be coping with. Maybe she's still got 101 things to do to get things ready. And there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. What is it that makes Martha tip over the edge, if you like? Well, let's put it this way. It probably wasn't the workload in the kitchen. That was probably real enough. No, the real problem probably for Martha was that Mary was behaving like a man. And in that culture, that wasn't on. She was crossing boundaries. She was crossing boundaries that she shouldn't be crossing. 
Because in that culture of the day, there was a place for women and there was a place for men. And to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, at the rabbi, was not the place for women. The place was somewhere else. And maybe for Martha, what was getting her hot under the collar was that Mary was not fulfilling her role. Mary was not fulfilling her place in the home, which was there to serve the needs of the others. Mary had crossed an invisible but a very important boundary within the house and another equally important boundary within the social world. Mary had realised something that Martha hadn't, that the gospel crossed boundaries. The previous story about the Samaritan, who is my neighbour, has done that, it's crossed the boundaries. The gospel is for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. She's crossed those boundaries, the Gentiles, the Samaritan, and now praying be that of, of gender. You could say Mary has a habit of this because John chapter 12 speaks about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And not only that time, she pours a lot of expensive perfume over his feet and then wipes his feet with her hair. It's interesting in that story as well, Martha is also there in the scene and it says, Martha served. Again, there seems to be you know, that she's making a habit of it. On both occasions, the behaviour would have been deemed to be scandalous within the culture. Who does she think she is? Only shameless women would do such a thing. In this story, to sit at someone's feet has real significance. It does not mean looking up adoringly at somebody like a devoted dog, waiting to be patted by their owner, thinking how wonderful they are. To sit at someone's feet meant quite simply to be their student. To be their student. He, she is listening to what he said. She's making herself available to the teacher. She's being attentive to her rabbi. She's submitting to his authority by sitting at his feet. And to sit at the feet of a rabbi was what you did if you wanted to be a rabbi yourself. There is no thought here of learning for learning's sake. Mary was quietly taking her place as a would-be teacher and preacher of the kingdom of God. And Jesus affirms her right to do so. Jesus affirms her right to do so. You see, for Martha, she was flouting all the conventions of society. But Jesus affirms her for doing so. Mary has chosen what is better. She's realised that the gospel is breaking down the barriers. That in the kingdom of God, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, 
male or female. That all can come and sit at the feet of Jesus to receive from him in that place as a rabbi to the student, to learn, to listen, to follow and to obey. In this passage, there's lots going on. There's an open door. Do you have an open door? In hospitality? When was the last time you shared a table with someone who wasn't just your family? You've got an open heart. Is your heart open? Are you prepared to put yourself in that place where you're attentive, where you're available, where you are submissive to your rabbi, to Jesus? But you're also here, got the affirmation of Jesus. And I don't think for one moment he's saying, Martha, what you're doing doesn't matter. He's just simply saying, look, Martha, at some points you have to make a choice. Sometimes you have to make a choice. And sometimes it's more important to be about the master's business than to be about the business of every day. Later on, I think it's in the next chapter, no, chapter 12, he goes on to say, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. Who, by, who of you, by worrying, can add a sim, single hour to your life? And maybe that's a challenge to Martha, that we can become so bound up in the here and now. We can be so bound up in the to-do list of now that actually we forget we get, forget the priority of that open heart and that open door in the service of the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these two women.